you in charge of it? Yeah, but you're. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna come out of my budget too. So I'm not for sure how that worked out. Alrighty, so uh, I tossed around. Here's what I've done. I've been searching for quite some time. I want to do a lengthy series on the old um, kids' Sunday school lessons. David and Goliath, I want to go back to the basics, okay? So I've been searching for a long time on a lot of the stories for at least the Old Testament. I was at my mom's house the other day, and so I started to ask my mom because she's been teaching kids since, well, I was born, all right? And she gave me her old, anybody remember the Bible in felt? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. She gave me that. I don't know if I'm going to bring in the felt and actually do the felt because she's still not finished cutting all that out. Huh? She loaned it to you. So um, I don't know if I'm going to do, it's 175 lessons, um, but that covers the entire Bible. I don't know if I'm going to get into the New Testament um, because there's actually a study that we did in Memorial years ago on the life of Christ, which pretty much well, you know, covers the four Gospels anyway. So... At the very least, we may get into we may get into that. So um, probably within the next week or two, I think that's what we'll do. I've really been wanting to do that for a while, so that will take quite some time. So I've been trying to get these littler ones out that covered some of the stuff that we had asked for. Or you guys had asked for. Did we get to take turns putting the characters? On the felt board. If I can, if, if everyone here can sweet talk the wife into cutting a lot of that felt stuff out, then maybe we'll get a felt board. There's a lot of felt. Yeah. A lot of felt. <laughs> You're one for everybody's one. <laughs> it may too. I may just bring it in and during Sunday school hour one time everybody just cut. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We'll have a craft Sunday morning. <laughs> so, to this point, we did witnessing. Um, Brother Butch came in and spent two weeks on how to witness and that kind of stuff. I've had this lesson for a while. I tweaked it some, entitled The Five Truths. Um, this is not an all-inclusive list, of course, um, but the type of world that we live in today, they don't believe they answer to anybody. And when you listen to the TV and you watch shows, and, and it's ridiculous because... Even the reboots of TV shows, because they were just decent TV shows back now, and nowadays they've got so much of the political garbage in them that you sit there and you're like, you've ruined them. Um, I read the other day, and this has really got me broken hearted, Marvel has decided it's the world is ready for a gay superhero. Oh, wow. Yeah. And there's a, down the pipeline, it's called The Eternals. And their goal is that will be the gay, the homosexual lead in this one. So, you got something? The Green Lantern, don't they, didn't they at one time think that... I had heard a while back that it was good, that was going to be the Green Lantern, but I think yeah. that project... What, just what I was reading, there's several Marvel movies, and, and I like Marvel. I like, I like those. They seem to have kept the political junk out of them, but... Not anymore. So you were talking about that they brought these shows back. Charm. When Charm was on before, I was a big fan of it. Yeah, I, I, I did too. I watched it. Well, they brought it back. They made one of the sisters gay. 
And I was like, but that'd be funny. Yeah. I wrote the whole, yeah. You know, you know and, and you watch, I like science fiction. I'm a science fiction fan. The whole idea of it is it's not real. It's right. fantasy. So why do they have to bring, I don't expect them to have Christian characters in them. You know what I mean? It's, why can't we just have aliens that are aliens? You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> it's like, got to have gay aliens just in case. I don't know. But anyway, all of that is due to the fact that the world has gotten this idea that they answer to no one. They don't respect government anymore. You can see that in a lot of these rallies and that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Our police, they don't respect police anymore. They don't look at them as authorities. The school authorities have been so beat down over the years that they can't do anything anymore. Now, I understand that there are people in all those positions that don't deserve respect. But the positions do. And that's the issue. Even when, when Obama was the president, I did not like his policies. But the office of president still deserves the respect. And, and you know, it, it, all the way across the board. Yes, are there bad cops? Absolutely. Does that mean the police as a whole don't deserve respect? Absolutely not. They're out there putting together, you know, fighting for their lives. Same way with the military. You know, there's all these things, you know, sometimes you have bosses that really have got no business being a boss, but the, they're your boss. They still deserve your respect. Um, I found a couple quotes. Anybody know Pablo Picasso? One of his quotes are, learn the rules like a pro so you can break them like an artist. Right, a guy by the name of Robert A. Heinlein, he's a big science fiction writer, or was. Um, he says, I am free no matter what rules surround me. If I find them toler tolerable, I tolerate them. If I find them obnoxious, I break them. I am free because I know that I alone am morally responsible for everything I do. Aleister Crowley, one would go mad if one took the Bible seriously. But to take it seriously, one must be already mad. You know, those people who say, don't judge me, or only God can judge me, what they're really saying is, I can live however I want by whatever rules I decide. And I can judge you. And I can judge you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Which all of that means is, I'm my own God. And that's what they're saying. I'll live how I wish to live. I'll do what I want to do. If I like your rules, then I'll mostly follow them. But if I don't like your rules, and that's a sad thing because when we go stand before, if we get a speeding ticket, whether we agree that we were speeding or not, we're still held liable. Now, does that mean we don't have the right to try to change that law <clears throat> absolutely but you still have to abide by the law until you can change it just because I don't like it and, and and we're having these same issues you know parents raising their children uh, you know and just allowing them to pick and choose there's the worst thing a parent can say to their child is what it's whatever you want Whatever you want, whatever you want. 
tough. The world don't revolve around them. And we've got, for 15 years, we've had kids, 20 years, kids being raised, thinking that they literally can be anything they want to be, and the world revolves around them. And now we sit in a state now where we have, we can't even decide what gender we are anymore. Go ahead. Did you guys see down on the news with the Lebanon school, the girl put the scriptures on the oh, yeah. locker, but they take hers down yeah. and suspend her. Yeah, she got suspended for that. She got suspended for that. The gays put their stuff on the locker and it's mm-hmm. okay. It's sad. It's just, I, you know, I'll be honest. I can't imagine Sodom being a whole lot worse than what we're at. Exactly. I, I just, I, I just... I mean, with with the child genocide that's going on, just with laws and morality as a whole is gone. You know, back in, you know, my grandma's days and and even back in my dad's days, a lot of that, people may not have believed in God or cared, but they were still respectful. They still had a sense of right and wrong. You know, there were still things you just didn't do, lines you didn't cross. And the world we live in today, it's their goal is to cross every possible line. Take it as far as you can go and then take it a little bit farther. To, you know, attack Christianity over and over. That's the the it thing. What is Christianity against? We're going to go at them, you know. And sad part is, is so-called Christianity doesn't stand up for a lot. They, they absorb it. They endorse it. Um, I am impressed that wasn't it the, the Methodists just come out and said they're going to take a stance against women or uh, homosexual marriages and stuff. I think that was just the, the what is it, the United Methodist Council or whatever. And they got that all up in arms, you know. A lot of theirs, their people are, are freaking out about that. But so five truths, okay? This is not a, t- a complete and total um, list of because there's the whole Bible is truth, all right? Everything in the Bible is truth. But these are the big ones. These are the ones I want to pull up. The first one. Someone got those verses for me? For the wage of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. I have the next one. Right? Yeah, go ahead. Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for all that have sinned. So the um, the world likes to break down sin and layer it and claim that some of it is not. That first verse, six twenty three. What's it say about the types of sin? Is death? It's the wages. Of what, what? What? Who said that? All sin. All sin. All. Oh. <coughs> okay, and we've discussed sin before. That's anything that has an offense to God. Anything God speaks out against, tells us not to do. If we decide that's the way we want to live, and then the life we want to live, we have that that right. We have the ability to make that choice. Um, but a life contrary to God and his teachings is paid by death. It's just a payment. That's, that's what it is. You have 
the idea here of if this is the lifestyle you want to live, then this is what happens. I don't even necessarily know that it's a consequence. It's just how it works. If you don't have Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, then that's what you get. Um, here's a statement that I heard, and I really liked it. It says, God doesn't send anyone to hell, nor does he force anyone into heaven. Absolutely. You can live whatever lifestyle you want. He says you can live whatever lifestyle you want. You have to, you get what you get. You know, you're looking at two houses and you're trying to decide which two houses you want to live on. And you read, hey, this one is the, what's that old Tom Hanks movie? Uh, Money, Money Pit. Right? And then the next one next to it is this this mansion. But hey, this one's only $100 and this one's $100 billion. You choose the one for $100 and thinking like, hey, this is a money pit. Is it the realtor's fault? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not if they were truthful, right? <laughs> so you get what you get. Like mom says, you get what you get. You don't throw a fit. You want to live a life of sin. You want to live a life contrary to God's word. You can do it. But the wages of sin is death. The Romans 5.12 one talks about by one man sin entered to this world. This world wants to say that, well, I've never done anything wrong. I didn't do anything wrong. But scriptures tells us what? All the sin. Yeah. By one man. You're already stained in conception. You're born a sinner. Now, we can talk about what happens to children and when they become eligible or knowledgeable or however in that, but he clearly states by one man sinner in this world. So you could, in all honesty, be born and live a perfect lifestyle, and where will you end up? You're still going to end up in hell. Because it states, one man, by one man, because he listened to his wife, all doomed. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> I'll be in trouble later on, just so you all know. You're in trouble now, pal. <laughs> No, our dogs. We'll look away if you want. <laughs> this, I would love to be treated like the dogs. Okay, our dogs are treated dogs like, treat kings. like kings, man. <laughs> they get they get all kinds of fun stuff. Um. So yeah, I mean, listen. The plain truth is, we were sinners before we were even born, and there's not there's nothing you can do about it. Um, sin is an offense to God. It's not a respecter of persons. This is the I don't care where you're at in life. I don't care what job you have. I don't care if you're poor. I don't care if you're rich. I don't care if you're a pastor, a Sunday school teacher, a greeter. I don't care. We're all sinners. You know, you're not going to buy your way out of it. You're not going to work your way out of it. It's a blight on your spirit. It's just how it is. 
And the world wants to fight that and say, well, I'm a good person and, you know, I do great things. And there are millions and millions of people that are way better than Trevor Wilson will ever be. But all sin and one man. And that's just the bottom line. That's that's the the argument to I'm a good person. The Bible says there's no good. But even if to the world standards you're a good person, it still doesn't take care of the fact that whatever blaspheming of the Holy Spirit is the only sin that's punishable to death, right? And that is not accepting Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. So even if you're a great person, if you don't believe, and we'll talk about that much later, but if you don't believe in God's way of salvation, then what do you have? You're a sinner. And so I, I don't like this part. This is, this is one of those things in God's word that I would love to change. I don't like this. But it doesn't matter what I like. And it doesn't matter if the world disagrees. They can disagree all they want. But you can't change this truth. No matter how hard we try, no matter how hard we want to, you cannot change the wages of sin is death. Okay? Let's move on to the next one. I started right in the middle of the board at night. Someone read for me the uh, first Peter. But as he which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation. Um, verse 16. Did I not write that on there? Can you read verse 16? Oh, did I read the wrong one? Sorry. No, you're right. And because it is written, be ye holy, for I am holy. So God's holy. I just straight up, God's holy. You know, we talk about us being good people. If he's the standard of holy, where do we land? The world might want to say, hey, I'm pretty close to God, but we can go throughout the scriptures and see what holy really means. Um, has anybody got Leviticus 11.44? So when you look up in Webster's Dictionary the word holy, it states um, the definition is properly whole, entire, or perfect in a moral sense, hence pure in heart, temper, disposition, free from sin, and sinful, um, sinful affections. Now, we've already learned that we're all sinners based upon Adam, right? So that automatically discounts us from birth, from the ability to be holy. We cannot be completely holy because of the natural sin. So right off the bat, we're discounted. God says that he is holy. Because God is holy, 
then only God can determine what true holiness is. Right? So only God. So as we, as a society, change, like remember we was talking about, when you look at the different generations, okay, and they got all these funny, crazy names, Generation Lazy and Sneezy and Dopey, or whatever you want to call them, <laughs> the idea of what is good and moral has changed over and over we would all say that it has actually disintegrated, gotten worse, okay? So if we, if we know right off the bat we're a sinful creature, and the truth is that God is holy, he says, I am holy, then who is the only one that is rightful to judge holiness? God. So when God says you have to be holy, perfect, to enter into heaven, are we able to tell him, you don't know what you're talking about? Can't. Because only he is the judge. The second part of, of, of this that I really like is the fact that it tells us not only who is holy, but what are we supposed to be trying to do? What do these verses say that we, as a people, are supposed to do? Sanctify ourselves and be holy. Our goal is to be holy. So, when we're discussing the Word of God, and someone makes a comment, well, I don't really think it's all that bad, is that justified? Is that the mindset of sanctify ourselves and trying to be holy? Now, we all accept the fact that we can't be holy, right? Because we already covered that part. But if God tells us to sanctify ourselves, tells us not to defile yourselves with any manner of creepy thing, of course, there's several things down through there because that's the Old Testament. But there in First Peter, the New Testament, be ye holy. He says be holy. He tells us be holy. So does that mean... We can still indulge in the sinful lifestyles of the world? Not according to what God's asking for. The simple truth is, God says be holy because I am holy. And since God is the judge of what is holy, we have no right to look at his word of God and say, I don't completely agree with that, so I'm not going to live by it. I don't think a loving God minds or cares or wouldn't matter it's all hogwash it's just yeah it's just what it is and we have to as christians as believers in jesus christ mind you I mean, this is what we're talking about here we're talking about those that have accepted jesus christ as our personal savior we are supposed to be living a holy lifestyle I don't care how much we like Snickers. It's evil. 
Reseason three musketeers, that's the way of the Lord. Alright? I don't know what to tell you. Just, you have to quit Snickers. It's scripture. It's scripture. <laughs> okay? The, the world can change its morals. We've seen that. We've seen it in, in our lifestyles, or lifestyles, our lifespans, from what was okay. You know, we started off talking about this whole homosexual movement. You know, I mean, I, I know years ago, parents didn't even sleep in the same bed on TV. Now you can't watch a show on TV without there being, without sex outside of marriage. That's just commonplace. Half naked men and women. We're not even getting into the homosexual stuff yet. Drinking. I mean, how many TV shows do you watch, do you watch where at some point in the show they all end up at a bar and having drinks? That's just the norm. That's just the stuff that you do when you work with coworkers. You go to the bar afterwards and discuss how horrible your boss is and knock down a couple shots, okay? Sometimes he's there. <laughs> Sometimes he's there. <laughs> right? And that's the stuff. Even in our churches, and I mentioned this when I was preaching the other day, the things that have become the norm in our churches... That's not even preached about churches want to stand up and preach against homosexuality. When's the last time you heard one about backbiting and lying and, and, and you know, sex outside of marriage and, and, and divorce and, and all those other things that are in the Bible that we are supposed to be sanctifying ourselves. We're supposed to be living holy. And churches ignore all that kind of stuff because that don't put people in the seats. I don't like them. Go ahead. We have to separate ourselves, mm -hmm. but it doesn't mean we don't pray for those people. Absolutely. Find those people, to be friends with those people, but don't hang with those people. Absolutely. Don't accept it. Well, and that goes back to our study on James, where we talked about loving and how we're supposed to treat other people. You're exactly right. We're ambassadors. We're not to live in this world, but or live part of this world, just live in this world. We are to be the shining example. I had a conversation with Andy the other day. He come home. He was all bummed out because, you know, he tries to help people out, but no one will help him out. And so the conversation was, you're the only Christ that a lot of these people will see. And it stinks that, that you have to be picked on or you have to be the person that if someone needs a couple of dollars and you got it, you're the first person to hand it to them. But there's no one that returns that. You know, I know you've talked about being taken advantage of. And it stinks that that happens. But that is because of who we mirror. And that's because of this call, be ye holy. You know, Jesus Christ was a perfect example. He, he was there. He fed people. He was, he, not only was he, he there spiritually, but he helped physically um, because of this right here we are to live holy yes ma'am seems like it could be harder I don't know we, we can't, it can't be harder for us to try to be try to be holy as the world gets worse maybe because 
we think that as bad as they get, we may start feeling that we're pretty good, mm-hmm. you know, and then we forget that we're not good. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And, and that's that holier-than-now mentality that, that tends to roll around. You're exactly right. And, and I think we spoke about this last week. Little House on the Prairie days, there's a lot of this stuff wasn't something you had to worry about falling into temptation on because, we, you know, during the wintertime, you didn't even leave your house, you know. You, everything was focused around you and your 25 kids and your plantations and, and whatnot, right? You, you really didn't have all this alcohol problems and, and sexual issues and morality. But you're right. As we move closer to the end of days, it is a whole lot easier to say, well, I don't do all of that. I'm a good person. But what happens is, is that mentality takes us away from witnessing to those people that we need to be witnessing to. And witnessing to them is a commandment of God. So now we're not doing commandments of God and where we're back to. You know, and that's a tough spot. And I don't think anyone intentionally wants to start walking around thinking I'm better than everybody else. But we, sh- we shouldn't have the idea of being better than the rest of the world but we should strive to be better than everyone in the world. Does that make any sense? Because he calls us to be holy. People should look at us and say, not by attitude, but by action, we are better than those that are living that lifestyle. The worst thing can ever be done is that whole, I didn't know you were a Christian. That's a scary one. Absolutely. That's his work. You don't ever realize how often you're being watched. There's no way to even know. No way. Jim, or Jim's here. First John 2, 15 through 17, talking about not love, love not the world, neither the things that are up in the world. If any man... Love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. It goes on from there, but that's kind of where you're, you know, yeah. you're getting at is because. Well, and, and the fact that, that God is holy, okay, He is the standard of holy. He calls us to be holy, like His standard says to be holy. Then that means He is the one that we address when it's a question. And everything we do, the question should be, does this further the kingdom or does this separate me from God? How I feel about it doesn't matter. This doesn't say be ye holy unless it's something you really like or unless it's something that you don't think is all that bad. Think of all the arguments people... Christianity has it, it says. The truth is, God is holy. Yeah, but I don't mind it that much. God is holy. God says, be holy. And we can disagree, we can try to change the standards of holiness, but that doesn't change this truth. Everything comes back to We are not holy. He is holy. 
So if we're not doing what God wants us to do, we're changing what God says is holy. Questions, comments? We'll stop there. We'll finish this off next week. Hey, Trevor. Yeah. Does anybody uh, missing uh, the wall? All righty. So we started off on the five truths. All right. Uh, the first one that we spoke about was the wages of sin is death, all right? And so the basic conclusion that we came to there is pretty simple. All sin, right? Yep. Uh, as far as the all sin is concerned, I mean, if you make over a half a million dollars, are you, you exempt from that right there? <laughs> Well, if it's a carbon sin. Um, you know, if, if you're struggling in life and things are hard, does God overlook, no. bypass all that kind of stuff? No. You know, the, the Bible is pretty clear that all, all sin. So, you know, when we use those arguments, well, you know, if you have us, how about, how about if you have a special deal worked out with the Lord? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Some people think they do. Absolutely. <laughs> Me and God, we got our own thing, yeah. right? Right? It's pretty, pretty, pretty self-explanatory. All sin. Um, of course, we talked about, you know, sin is just anything that's an offense to God. Um, which brings us to our next point. Because people say, well, you know, who, who decides what is sin? What was our next one right here? What's our other, other truth? God is holy. That's right. We were reading there in First Peter and even in some... In Leviticus there that God is holy. Um, God is not just a person who happens to be holy. God is holy. God is what holy is. God is the standard of that. So because of this, that means that he's the standard. Which answers the, well, who determines what is sin? God does. Why? Why does God get to determine that? He's our creator. Because he's holy. Yeah, because he's holy. Yeah. That's he's, why I, I usually don't mention that, but I usually tell him because he's the one that created us. That's he's, and ultimately, you're right. But, but even further to that is, is the, you know, who gets to make the standard? The one that is the standard? The one that is, yeah. Right? Yeah. Because we have all sinned and come short of the glory of God, any standard we create will be a flawed standard. Right. Yeah. Everybody ever heard that I that 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 statement? Um, there's plenty in here for you guys. Ever heard that statement that? Yeah, your special seats. That statement that says, um, "Well, it started out as a good idea, but we're not really sure where it went from there." Why? Because man can have really good ideas, but the implementation of it, the standards, the laws, whatever, the steps, whatever you want to call it, we're just flawed beings. So, be honest, I don't want to be the one to set a standard for myself to get into heaven. 
mean, that's ultimately, if our goal, whether you believe in God or not, I don't think anyone would say, hey, I want to go to a place of misery. I would assume even those who don't believe in God would at least say, hey, I would like to at least end up in Valhalla, right? You know, we want a paradise. Everyone would prefer a paradise over torment. Torment. Yeah, there you go. That's a good word. Over torment. And so, who would want to just guess at the way? You know, well, no one really knows the way. That scares me to death. You know, hey, I'm going to give everyone here a free week at Disney. Well, how do you get to Disney? Ah, that's for you to figure out. <laughs> you know, hey, I got this Paradise Island that you'll never want for nothing, ever, anywhere. It's here on this earth. Well, how do I get there? Good luck. Turn around and walk away. When you get there, look me up. <laughs> right? right? No, that makes sense. We want the directions. We want the standards. Well, because he is holy, God determines what is perfection. How do we... What is sin? All right? So now we move to our next ones. Is there any more of those papers left? You guys got papers? Sir, right here, sir. Um, all right, the third one. Who's? I need someone to read Ecclesiastes twelve fourteen, and then Proverbs, then Proverbs for me. Ecclesiastes twelve fourteen says, "For God shall bring every work into judgment with every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be evil." Who's got Proverbs twenty one two? Alright, so God is the judge. This is the one that hurt that the world does not like at all. <clears throat> the idea that God is the ultimate judge. And even though they like to say, don't judge me, um, only God can judge, they don't like what God's judgments are. In fact, I'm just telling you right now, they would prefer I be the judge. Oh yeah. You know, they want to look at me and say, well, you know, who are you to judge me? I say, I'm telling you right now, you will much prefer my judgment <laughs> as opposed to God's judgment. Real quick. Well, that's the one thing I, when I'm teaching those boys upstairs, I said, they, a lot of times I'll say, well, I, you know, I want, I want what's fair. And I said, no, you don't. And when we deal with God, and I said, you don't want what's fair with God, because if you know what is fair with God, we'd all end yeah. up in the lake of fire. Yeah. And that's, we'll get to that in just a minute. Um, but Yeah. God's the ultimate judge. No matter what the standards are, we've already determined that he sets the standards. So if he makes the standards, it only makes perfect sense. And if he sets the standards, who's, who's the one that can judge them? Exactly. Who's the one that can decide if we're following the standards or not? All right, God's got the final say. Um, and because he is the judge, he and he alone is the only one that can tell us how to live. Right? He alone is the lawmaker. Think about it. If he is the one that judges us, then he would need to be the one that creates the rules that we live by. Because only he is holy enough to decide what we should live by. 
And so all this mentality that Christianity, American Christianity, teaches is not biblical. Because all this mentality of, well, it doesn't really matter how we do this, or as long as we're all doing the same thing, or we're all still praising the same Jesus, or... No, that is not true. God sets the standards. His word is the law that he gives to us on how to live. It doesn't matter what Trevor thinks. It doesn't matter if Trevor thinks he's got a special thing with God because God says that he will bring, think about that, bring every work into judgment. How many of us in here right now does that freak out? Every work. And I'm not talking about the works that people have seen us do. How about every thought? Everybody's thoughts always been clean? No. No. Now, if you've been to McDonald's. <laughs> or Burger King. Yeah, not if you're a parent, right? <laughs> right, or Burger King, yeah. Every, every work shall be brought. No matter if everyone can decide it's not that bad, all they want. Because man's attempt... Is to make things easier on themselves. But we will all stand before God. Every single one of us will stand before him. And we'll be judged. Because of who he is. Revelation 20. Verses 11 through 15. And I saw a great white throne. And him that sat on it from whose face was the earth and the heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. And the books were opened, and other books was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books. You hear that? Who writes those? You got the judge, right? So there's, there's a standard that he's holding us to. According, they're all judged, written in the books, according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. And they were judged every man according to their works. Now, up to that point, how many of us are in trouble? Every single one. Every one of us. Every single one of us. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Now think about it. We just spent a whole big bunch of money and we bought these new projectors and these big giant 120 inch screens up there. I want you to imagine yourself walking before God and there's projectors blasting on their big 120 inch clouds up there, right? Now God, he's going to have surround sound and all that fun kind of stuff, all right? And he's going to, it's going to be high def, 8K resolution, okay? And you're standing before them and he's standing here and he's got this book out. And think about him going from birth, starting down through how many times as, as a child you were told no. My sister more than me. But. <laughs> you know, you start getting into middle school. Some of the thoughts you start having as a middle school person. Some of the things you start doing, the lifestyle that you live. How about when you get into and you actually accept Jesus Christ and you start looking through the lifestyle you live as a Christian. You know, I went for a long period of time to where just because I called myself a Christian, I wasn't living the lifestyle that I was supposed to be living. 
you know, then we go down through our, you know, as we grow older, you know, the amount of times that God places things in our life that he wants us to do to serve him gives us certain abilities that we refuse to use. Certain things open up in the church or in your neighborhood where he needs you to do that particular task and we refuse not to. How about at work when he brings certain people in our lives or in our family, certain people in our lives that we're supposed to witness to and we don't because we're afraid to or don't know the words to say. Imagine all of that playing, all of that going through. It says right here in Revelations, we will be judged by every single work. And he and he alone, because of who he is, because he is the judge, he is the right, the only one that has the right to do that. So when man takes his word and says, well, I don't really think that's what this means, tough. And I'm not just talking about different translations. This is just all those other ones are garbage, okay? I'm just talking about those that even actually read the right one who say, well, I want to interpret that this way. Tough, you don't get the opportunity to do that. Why? Because God is the judge. I don't really think that's how God meant it. Tough. Tough. <laughs> Tough. I would love to change that. I, how many times have I said it? I would change especially the Old Testament, because it reads like stereo instructions. I, you know, we dramatize that a little bit, you know what I mean? we change the way some of that read if it was up to me, but I can't. Why? Because I'm a sinner. Mm-hmm. Not near, near holy enough, no matter what I think. And, and I'm not the ultimate judge. Jim? The funny thing is, and that's kind of one of the things I'm actually going to be... Um, that the nursing home talking about today is everybody's going to accept all of it a hundred percent it's just we're there we're going to be in front of a holy god at a throne is every knee shall bow and every mouth shall confess yeah. jesus christ is lord the thing is right now you're just determining you're going to do it here and get salvation or you're going to do it there and get yeah. judgment and you'll kneel it. one day oh yeah we, everybody will believe there is no atheist yeah yeah, there's no atheist in heaven. Well, or hell. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, you know, the fact of the matter is, is God gave us free will. You know, you you can choose whatever you want. If you don't want to live a lifestyle that is, uh, you know, uh, congenital to what God wants us, you don't have to. <coughs> but know that when you stand before the judge... You're taking a gamble on the fact that hopefully your works will make it enough to get into heaven. Now, those of us that believe in Jesus Christ understand we're not holy enough. So mm-hmm. our works ain't going to make it. So we're going to take that gamble that maybe God's wrong. And that's basically what they're saying. They say, I'd rather take the chance that God's wrong and that there maybe there's a back door. You know, you ever see those... those um, 
shows that are basically you always have that one computer guy that always knows the back door into the website or the security system you know you always have that show where this is the most uncrackable security system then you have that one guy that finds that back door right you know he's you know and it's some four-year-old right you know in a matter of a couple seconds like you know he's he's on a speaking spell right he's cracked into this thing right that's what an atheist is gambling on God's got heaven. That's his. And those that don't believe in Jesus Christ, they're banking on the fact that they can find the back door. Sadly, the book right there, Revelations, we just read, did it say except for Joe who found the back door? No, it said all. All those that were, weren't found in the book of life were cast into the lake of fire. The lake of fire does not sound like something fun. Not all that fun. All right, so basically, you know, we, we can ignore God's law all we want and wish, but that's not going to change this truth. God's the judge, no matter what we think, all right? All right, Ephesians chapter 2. <clears throat> Ephesians 2, verses 4 and 5, and then I got um, Luke chapter 6, verses 35 and 36. But God, who is rich in mercy for his great love, wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ, by grace we are saved. Anybody have Luke chapter 6, 35 and 36? Yes, sir. But love thee your enemies, and do good, and lend, hoping for nothing again. And your reward shall be great, and you shall be the children of the highest. For he is the kind, for he is kind unto us, unthankful unto evil. Be ye therefore merciful, as your Father is also is merciful. God is merciful. Listen, we've already determined that all of us deserve death. And yet we have a God who's decided to take that away from us. To take that consequence away from us. Now the first verse, it talks there in Ephesians that by His grace we are saved. But before grace comes mercy, Right? He has to decide that even though there's a penalty, that he's willing to allow us to forego that ultimate consequence. Right? So with, with that is mercy. Um, as the judge, he judges us according to his rules, which makes the all sinners death. So with his mercy, I looked up mercy, the definition of mercy. I think it's really, really pretty cool. It says, benevolence, mildness, or tenderness of heart, which disposes a person to overlook injuries or to treat an offender better than he deserves. The disposition that tempers justice and induces an injured person to forgive trespasses and in, in, injure, in, injuries and to forbear punishment 
or inflict less law or justice will warrant. Now the two that really popped out to me was treat an offender better than he deserves and then induce an injured person to forgive trespasses and injuries. We offended God in the Garden of Eden. We continue, even as brothers and sisters in Christ, continue to offend God by not following his will to the T. And yet, because of his mercy, he decides not to give us what we deserve. And we all fall into that boat. And listen, when we're witnessing to people, I don't care what you follow to witness to these individuals. I think the biggest thing to, to point out, to let them know that I don't, I'm not any better than anyone else. I think that's what a lot of people get. They think, well, you Christians, you think you're better than we are because you don't live. No, my sin, I don't care what lifestyle. And we have to be very careful. When you're talking to a lost person, I don't care what your sin is. Because I, Christianity feels like there are levels to sin. It feels like that's how it's taught a lot of times. That homosexuality is a whole lot worse than some of these other ones. No, it's not. A sin, all sin, all sin, all sin. And so me as a liar, that person can stop being a homosexual. They're not going to make it to heaven, right? Because what do we say? God's the standard. Okay? He decides what holiness is. And his set of holiness is, I can't obtain, I don't care how perfect I think I am. So, it's the mercy. Mercy gave us grace. Right. Um, my daughter, she, you know, she, I taught her to love Jesus. And she does. And, um, but, uh, people in her life, they all believe that God is merciful and he will not, um, penalize, uh, person uh, if you know if they love Jesus and um, that's very confusing to me to try to explain to her and you know you, you confused me still that you said that you know you're not going to heaven if you're homosexual no 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 how can I how can I I don't know how to teach let me you ask you this that. can a Christian be an alcoholic Absolutely. Can a Christian be a liar? Mm -hmm. Can a person who honestly, truthfully believes in Jesus Christ be a thief? Mm -hmm. yeah. They're all still going to make it to heaven, right? Right. The they same. Jesus, right? If they've accepted Jesus Christ, what we're talking about is the difference between a person who accepts Jesus Christ and a person who is trying, a person who is living the Christian lifestyle. There is a difference between saved and Christian. All right, a saved yeah. person is a person who believes in Jesus Christ. Now, they're probably still struggling. Because I got saved, my addiction to tobacco didn't go away. That was something that I had to work on and get rid of. So you have to be a Christian to go to heaven? No, salvation. The only requirement for, for heaven is the belief in Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. God doesn't say you have to be saved with Jesus Christ, 
You have to then be baptized, and you have to attend church two of the three of the services each week. You have to make sure you carry a, you know, a King James Bible on a regular basis. You know, if you're a woman, you have to wear a dress when you're in church, okay? If you're a guy, you got to have a suit and tie on. There's none of that's in there. What does it say? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that what? Whosoever believeth in him. Okay? And that's where Christian... That's where Christianity starts to fail because there's a difference between saved and disciple. That's why he's holding the discipleship classes. There is a standard God wants us to live. None of it matters until you have Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, and we'll get into that here in a little bit. But that's what I'm saying. If they're honestly, truthfully saved, then if they're in the homosexual lifestyle, I believe that if they're having the right teachings that the Lord will place it upon their heart and they'll work out of that. Okay? I believe that because I believe it to be a choice. I believe it to be no different than alcoholism and drug. You know, you you take a person who's a drug addict. They don't just stop becoming a drug addict. It's a giant process. They have lived inside of that. Listen, I tell you what, I like my video games. And when I was going through all all my divorce and all that kind of stuff, the way I didn't think about all that was I went home and I played video games. I'm not going to lie. I became addicted. You know, it was what I did. And then when I met my beautiful wife, I had to stop some of that because I couldn't play 24-7 anymore. And that was tough. Luckily, she's beautiful. And it was easy to break me <laughs> off of that, right? One addiction for another, amen? You know, the thing is, is, is this mentality that, that even our churches teach that, Oh, well, you call yourself a Christian, and I can't believe you live that lifestyle. Yeah. You're saved. Grow up. Yeah. You're saved. It says, for God so loved the world that whosoever believeth, not whoever so believeth, and wears ties and carries a KJV Bible, and you're Baptist, and all that. Now, listen, I think all of that is the right way to live, but that comes after it. And, and salvation is when you give your life and your heart to Christ, and I think you have a desire to want to please Him. Mm-hmm. And so, really none of this uh, when we're talking to other people none of this other stuff matters it really See, she's is not there yet. Except, right and so like if you just show her Christ yeah. and who he is and she gains that love for him and, and accepts him personally those other, then she's going to want to please him mm-hmm. all that other stuff then she'll start working on the yeah, and if you study and you read and you see how Christ handled those that were lost, it was pretty much just all salvation. When he got to those that were of his disciples and even those that claimed to be religious, the Jews people, that's when he got into the, hey, you're not even living the right way. Because these people claimed to be Christian. And he said, no, you're not. Look at your lifestyle. You you know, hypocrites, you Pharisees, you vipers. You know, it wasn't the lost people that he beat over the head on their lifestyle. None of that. Uh, yeah. It was those that claimed to be. It was us we were the ones that he went after and so because of his mercy his mercy says you know in those verses that he doesn't give any of us what we deserve i don't care you know if you're a snickers eater or a homosexual all right like i'll put this yeah as i say uh you go to john three eighteen. is there uh, 16 is great but if you get to 18 it explains exactly what you're talking about it says he that believeth on him. Well, I'm is, not there yet. No, no, I'm sorry. You're jumping ahead on me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, so basically, that's we're mercy. God is God is mercy, and because He is the judge, only He is the one that can determine what we're punished for, or not punished for. 
And that's that mentality that the world gets. Well, who are you to judge me? I'm, I'm not judging you. I'm telling you what the Word of God says. And, and that's the distinction. And I think that's important for us. If a person looks at you and says, who are you to judge? I'm not judging you. I'm passing along what the judge says. Mm-hmm. But the beautiful part about that is he's also merciful. And when he judges you for your sins, he offers grace. And so you can kind of spin some of that into, hey, I'm, I'm judged too. The word of God says I'm a sinner. You know, but he says, grace is my way out. Let me tell you about grace. All right. So then we move into our last one. John 3, 16 and 17. <clears throat> And then I need someone to look up 1 Timothy 2.5 for me. All right, who's got John 3.16 and 17? Jim? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but the world through him might be saved. And 1 Timothy, anybody? For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Jesus Christ, man Christ Jesus. The last truth is eternal life is only through Jesus. All roads do not lead to heaven. In the verses about mercy, in the verses in Revelation, we see the book of life, we see... Uh, where it mentions that by grace we are saved. Jesus Christ is that grace. God determined that as sinners we're to be judged. He decided, you know what? I love my creation. I'm going to give them a way out. His way out wasn't like, just sit, you know, however you want to do it. Stroll on in whenever you feel like it. And it's crazy because, let me ask you this. If you walk into Sam's Club without a pass, how far are you going to get? It's You're pretty serious about yeah. that right there. Right? You know, we we accept the idea of lack of better terms, membership. Okay? We you you know, how many of us pay for a gym we don't ever go, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> One day, right? It's like heaven. I'm going to heaven someday, right? We all accept the idea of membership, but for some crazy reason. Even in, within so-called Christians, people will say, you know, everyone's got their own way. You know, how can I say that the Mormons aren't going to make it to heaven? <clears throat> you know, maybe they are. Do they know Jesus? See, and this, You see how all this stuff just tracks back to the fact that it's because they haven't decided that God <clears throat> is the final say. Every, all of these mentalities, when a church, so-called church, when a Christian, so-called Christian says that, who am I to say? It's because they're not set on who is the final authority. That, that's my argument, one of my main arguments with the Word of God. When you start talking about various translations and whatnot. It's not for me to decide. 
it's God. So if there's something in there that's hard for me to understand, then I just need to study it. The they complain about the language. I'm getting off on the tangent. They complain about the language. You know why it's an issue? Because they quit teaching it in schools. You think it's a, you think it's it's a coincidence that when they take it out of schools in a matter of a handful of years, now all of a sudden, well, I don't understand these thou's. And do, do you change Hamlet? Mm-hmm. Right? Have you changed? Have they gone back and reworded um, any of who wrote Hamlet? Shakespeare. Shakespeare. Right off the top of my head. Oh my goodness. Well, see, I don't oh pay attention. That is a mortal sin. <laughs> but, I mean, think about it. When you think about Shakespeare, I don't understand none of that stuff they're saying. Yeah, it's hard. Have right they up. gone back and changed it? In fact, the movie where they changed it bombed. Oh, yes. Okay? When they tried to change it, people freak out. You know, when you, when you get into comic books and all that kind of stuff, you have those comic book fanatics when they come out with the movie, you have them all the time. That, that's not how it goes. That's they've completely changed it, and they get furious. But yet we're nuts because people change the word of God. I can't change Marvel characters without just a serious backlash. And, and but I change the word of God, and well, I'm just too narrow-minded. Or Star Trek, Star Wars. Yeah, you don't mess with Star Trek and Star Wars. Yeah, when we went to see one of the new Star Trek movies, I did it just for fun, and Dwight said, you're going to get us killed. Because I leaned over and Mr. Spock was on, and I said, who is that? And the guy behind me was like, and I was like, when is Yoda going to be on the screen? And then I'm like, he's like, you're going to get us killed. (laughs) We're not going to make it out of here. Listen, the fact is, the word, the Bible says Jesus Christ is eternal life. It's the only way, okay? God's mercy gave us the way out, and the way out is Jesus Christ. Only through believing that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, and that he alone is salvation, can we claim eternal life. And, and, and that's kind of where people say, well, I believe in Jesus. Do you? Do you really believe in the Son of God, the Savior of all mankind? Because if you really, really honestly bought the concept that he is my only way, that he is the lamb that the Old Testament taught us about, that he is the only way, then that should at least open up the idea of us changing our lifestyle. Yeah, because Satan even knows who he is. I mean, it's a difference of knowing that he exists and knowing him as Savior. And but he just took him on his Lord. Absolutely. Right. It's right. absolutely That's right. right. But the lot we of try to take him on. Jesus Jesus is, right? yeah, yeah, I know the historical thing. Listen, you can go all over the world. Christianity, Jesus Christ. Christianity has been all around this world. There, it'd be a hard place for you to go and someone's not heard the name Jesus. Right. But do you know him as Lord? And I believe in our churches today, because the Bible talks about itching ears and people say, hey, I, I called you Lord, Lord, you know, and, and then cast you out. He's not who he should be in our life. And it's evident in our lifestyles. Yes. It's evident in the amount of, and I keep beating it up, this ch- church is... is a big thing for me. When you have a church of several hundred people and you've only got about 20 or so workers, that's sad. Because the entire New Testament is about the church. You cannot, and I'm going to tell you right this, you cannot be the Christian. You cannot be the holy standard that God wants you to be and, and church not be in your heart. 
because it's the church that Christ built. It's the entire New Testament. Every person in the New Testament that went out started churches. Pastors wrote books of the Bible. It was written to churches, Peter, Paul, all them guys. You cannot be this standard and church just something you pop into on Sunday morning. Because Jesus Christ, upon this rock, not Peter, upon Jesus, our Savior, our eternal life, there is no way to get anywhere other, or any way to get to heaven other than Jesus Christ. And I hate that for my Buddhist friends. I hate that for my Muslim friends. I hate that for my Catholic friends. I hate that for anyone that puts anything other than Jesus Christ. Church ain't going to get you there. Although I said you can't be what God wants you to be without church. Church don't matter if you don't got Jesus Christ. It's our job to tell the world about the only way to heaven. And if he is... No, excuse me. If he is not the central figure in our life, then they're going to be judged by a standard they know nothing about, and they're going to be cast in the lake of fire. See, all that rolls back into how we live. Okay? So our five truths are the wages of sin is death, God is holy. God is the judge. He is rich in mercy. And eternal life is through Jesus Christ. And they can come up with all the different ideas they want on how to obtain eternal life, but that doesn't change that one truth. Through Jesus Christ is eternal life. And it's a bummer. I hate that. But that means... Means these five truths have to be prevalent in our life. We have to live holy. We have to let God be the judge, not ourselves. If that means it's something that we don't want to do, or it's not, it's not something we're comfortable with doing, or talking to individuals, listen, it's not the pastor's job to share the gospel with your family. And I think church has gotten way off. And we bring people in for the pastor to witness to. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's not what church is for. We have Sunday school, so we learn to disciple and learn the word of God. The pastor preaches now. Listen, he's going to preach salvation messages, especially on Sunday mornings, because that is a way of our witnessing. After we've been witnessing, we, hey, won't you come, come here, our pastor? But in all honesty, we come here to be discipled. The disciples, the first church, Jesus Christ and the 12 disciples, he spent all that time doing what? Discipling, teaching them. And then what did he do? Did he say, now go grab people and drag them into church? No, he sent them out. He said, go out. Share the gospel, baptize them. Okay? It's our job to do all that. And this is how we do it. Okay? All right. Well, we went over today. <laughs> <laughs>